some of you may be familiar with the classic British comic ensemble, Monty Python's Flying Circus. Hearing today's first reading from the Book of Wisdom, I recalled one of their musical numbers set to the tune of the traditional hymn, All Things Bright and Beautiful. And their version goes like this. All things dull and ugly, all creatures short and squat, all things rude and nasty, the Lord God made the lot. Each little snake that poisons, each little wasp that stings, he made their brutish venom, he made their horrid wings. Thank you, Barbara. <laughs> okay, so maybe the Monty Python guys overstated a little bit. But the point that they're trying to make is that if God created all things, why did he create the things that we don't like and the things that are clearly harmful? The Book of Wisdom, in our first reading today, seems to say that God makes all things good and somewhere they went wrong. And of course, of all the things that we don't like, Death tops the list. In today's gospel, we have two stories of infirmity and death. The synagogue official Jairus has a daughter who's very close to death. And then we have an unnamed woman who suffered for 12 years with a bleeding disorder. And I think it's important to remember that both of these people are looking at much more than medical issues. In the ancient world, and I hope not today, it was widely believed that seemingly random suffering was actually a punishment for sin and that the sins of the parents could be visited upon their children. For an official of the synagogue, his grief at his daughter's illness was compounded by the fear that he himself could be seen as the cause of her suffering. And for the woman with the hemorrhage, the situation was even worse. To touch another person's blood in ancient Israel was to become ritually unclean. And so to bleed chronically for 12 years would leave her not just weak and anemic, but separated from her friends and family, unfit for a husband, incapable of bearing a child, and unable to pray and worship with her community. Now today, we don't, generally speaking, banish and shun people who are sick and suffering. We have a better understanding that diseases are caused by infectious microorganisms or genetic or environmental factors. And these are all morally neutral in themselves. There are still times, unfortunately, when we judge people as if their physical suffering was a moral failure, for example, fat shaming or substance abuse disorders and addictions. But it's worth repeating 
that God isn't up in heaven shooting lightning bolts at us to keep us in line. What then are we to make of the wasps and the sharks and earthquakes, COVID-19, and random accidents like the horrific condo building collapse in Surfside, Florida? Did God make these things, like the song says, like the Book of Wisdom says? How can we explain the greatest sorrow we feel when we experience the loss and death of a loved one? Well, if you're hoping for a simple answer, we'd better just move on to the creed and the offertory, since any answer that I give will likely feel inadequate. But maybe the gospel has some clues for us. The woman with the hemorrhage believes that healing is possible. She has heard enough of this Jesus that she is willing to risk punishment. Remember, as someone unclean, she isn't supposed to be milling around in crowds. She's willing to risk reaching out just to touch his cloak in the desperate hope that she won't be rebuked and punished. And Jairus is willing to risk as well. As an official of the synagogue, he was likely a Pharisee or scribe or perhaps a Levite. And those weren't in general, the people who welcomed Jesus. They saw him as a threat to their status and power. But Jairus knows that those things are already at risk for him, since the illness and death of his daughter would start people whispering about why God had cursed him so. So both of these people, in a sense, had nothing to lose. They're so desperate, but they can't give up. They still have something to live for and someone to love. They believe that they are worthy of love and inclusion and healing. This doesn't explain the etiology of their suffering, but it does point us towards healing. Healing is possible and life is worth living because of love. Suffering and death are pretty much inescapable. God has created each of us with an expiration date, and it's not a pleasant part of our existence, but it's also what makes love and life valuable. And it's why we fight so hard for healing and struggle to love for as long as we can. Ultimately, even loss and grief are a gift from God because they're a direct consequence of loving. And they are why our love here will always be imperfect and incomplete. This week's scripture readings are a reminder that we, all of us, are imperfect creatures living in a world that falls short of God's kingdom. Like Jairus and the woman with her hemorrhage, we struggle with our brokenness and our fears and with our hope for healing and grace. Our life and our love and our healing are great gifts and they are worth fighting for. When we've reached God's reign, when everything that's incomplete or imperfect will be brought to perfection, then we will finally understand illness and death.
we will understand why God made the wasps and the snakes and jellyfish and that spray cheese in a can. What is that about? But until then, our task is to cherish the life we've been given, however brief it might be. Fight for healing and have compassion on those who are suffering or struggling. By welcoming those who are marginalized and in need of God's healing and supporting each other in our struggles. Love each other the best you can because love is what lasts beyond our life here and it's what makes our life with all of its ups and downs worth living.